Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hello, welcome to <laughs> Jurassic Pod, uh, the Festivus edition, where uh, both uh, both me and and my <laughs> co-host uh, Holly McKenzie live from Nova Scotia. Holly, say, <laughs> say hi to the people. Hi. I'm wondering where you're going to go with both, like yeah. both of us. What <laughs> we both have some grievances. We have grievances yeah. to share uh, on Festivus. Uh, we are recording this on uh, Thursday. Is that what day it is? Thursday, December the 23rd. <laughs> uh, the Raptors are off for their holiday break, which, as it turns out, uh, from a playing games perspective, was much longer than they thought it would be. But I'm not sure you can accurately call what they have gone through since we last talked to you a break um as as i speak to you things have broken down yes yes i uh, you know in the terms of like a mental break for me uh as like i've had a mental break um that 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 might be more appropriate uh although still not appropriate uh there have been according to my count uh nine cancellations in the nba Mm Uh, three of those have involved the Toronto Raptors. When we last talked to you, we knew, I believe, uh, as I mentioned last week, it seems like things that happened a week ago happened a month ago. It seems like things that happened three weeks ago happened three months <laughs> ago. But I believe when we talked to you last, we knew that the Raptors game against the Chicago Bulls that was scheduled for last Thursday had been canceled uh, or postponed, rather. Since then, the Raptors played the Santa Cruz Warriors, winning by 19 points. The Warriors, of course, uh, elected to keep several of their most important players, many of whom were battling minor injuries, but did play through them the night prior in Boston uh, on the south side of the border. Uh, So the (laughs) Raptors uh, beat a skeleton squad uh, of the Warriors. And then the Raptors proceeded to have... Two more games postponed uh, their game against Orlando, scheduled for Toronto to be in Toronto 
postponed because the Magic did not have the mandatory eight players. Uh, and then, most, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, dramatically, concerningly, bewilderingly. Ridiculously. Uh, sure. Uh, had their game, uh, their return non-match against the Bulls postponed. Uh, it was scheduled for Wednesday night. It was postponed uh, Wednesday morning slash early afternoon. Uh, we'll get to the how and and, and the TikTok of it. Um, and, and again, Holly, I mean TikTok as in like the sort of <laughs> the, the sequence of events, not the the popular social media uh, outlet. But Holly, I mean, what the hell? What what what? How are you feeling right now about not know, good, everything? Bob? <laughs> <laughs> not great. Yeah, I. Uh... Not feeling great about it, <laughs> you know, not feeling great about much right now. I'm feeling great to be in Nova Scotia. That's that's great. But uh, NBA wise. Yeah, I'm just looking at the schedule that's supposed to happen today, which is Thursday. You were right. And I think there's 11 games. I think there was supposed to be 12, but one got postponed. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Like, 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 what are we doing? Clearly, this is going to result in more people entering health and safety protocols tomorrow, um, which has been the trend for the past week, two weeks. And it's a mess. Uh, there's a I, I almost included this in <clears throat> in a story and then I had to rework it when more Raptors entered protocols. Uh, but there's a line uh, from a song called Freak Scene by the band Dinosaur. Definitely have yeah. no idea what the, this is. By the band Dinosaur Jr. And like, it, okay. it's like Dinosaur Jr. is like one of the great indie guitar rock bands. Uh, and their front man, Jay Mascus, is known for being sort of like a guitar god. Um, but right before like the guitar breakdown, he just goes, what a mess. And I almost, <laughs> yeah. uh, I almost included it in uh, my re- most recent story. Uh, we'll get to the, my, my most recent story, uh, but let's give you the sort of sequence of events here for the Raptors. So they, I think we can probably take this back to the game against the New York Knicks. Uh, I'm not even going to try. <coughs> that feels tr- like that was five weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm ago, not even going to yeah. try to remember dates at this point. Uh, it was, I, I believe, two Fridays ago. Uh, not, so not this past Friday, but the Friday before, um, and quickly after that, we had the Knicks, uh, RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, and then several other guys, but I, I just mentioned those two specifically because they entered protocols very quickly after that mm-hmm. game, um, enter protocols. Um, the Raptors next game after a weekend off was against the Kings, uh, Quickly after that game, the the Kings had Alvin Gentry, De'Aaron <laughs> Fox, among others, uh, enter protocols. The Raptors played the Nets, who had, I believe, seven people in protocols at the time of that game. And mm-hmm. as we talked about last week, it came down to Kevin Durant playing or not playing. To Kevin Durant's ankle, yeah. Uh, he played... <laughs> He was very good. Uh, the the Nets won that game. Props to the Nets. Uh, 
We don't know what caused the outbreak for the raptors, but I want to... I, I want to tread lightly here. That game couldn't have helped. Um, <laughs> anyway, they played it. That happened. Uh, and the game against the Bulls was cancelled. And then moments before, or, or maybe an hour before the game against the Warriors, the Warriors had one positive case at that time, I mm -hmm. believe. Jordan, uh, or, or I should say protocols, but for reasons I won't bore people with, the vast majority of health and safety protocols uh, with the league are indeed positive cases right now, just by the wording of, of how the rule has changed from last year to this year. Um, mm -hmm. The one notable exception was the first time that I know of, it was the first time uh, Precious Achua went into protocols because that was uh, Ontario, or sorry, Toronto Health's protocols, not necessarily the NBA's. Anyway, Jordan Poole had entered protocols. The Warriors came to... Toronto, Raptors beat them, but just before that game, we had Pascal Siakam and Delano Banton become the first two Raptors to enter the NBA's protocols, not Toronto's protocols. Uh, either a day or two later, uh, the game against the Magic was cancelled, Gary Trent entered protocols. Uh, it's just like dominoes, like you just yeah. like wait to see what's yeah. coming next. Yeah. Uh, Two day or, or on Tuesday, so two days before we're talking to you now, I think that's really when we got into the theater of the absurd. Mm -hmm. uh, earlier on in the day, we had Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn enter protocols, uh, and so that was five. That, that was five. that was five. And my my sort of thought thinking here has been, and I. Before we get into any criticism of the NBA, I concede that it is very, very difficult to make a one-size-fits-all rule here, and and trying to do so must be difficult for everybody involved. So, I, you know, I'm giving them that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But to me, there is a point of common sense where you read anything about Omicron, the variant of COVID-19 that is now, according to Adam Silver, responsible for 90% of positive cases throughout the league— um, and it is extremely transmissible. That is like one mm -hmm. of the key things you need to know about it. Uh, so when you get to like three guys, four guys testing positive or entering protocols, whatever language you want to use, you can probably safely bet that more are going mm -hmm. to enter. Mm -hmm. uh, in the interim, the league had changed its rules regarding hardship exceptions to allow for more replacement players essentially to be called up. So the And also prior prior to that game in in Chicago, or the game that was supposed to happen in Chicago, the Raptors had themselves shut down their practice facility. They weren't having guys be together at practice. It was individual work yeah. and virtual media just out of an abundance of concern, your favorite term, uh, Eric. Caution, I believe is the more common caution. Used. Okay. Yeah, but Sunday, Monday and Tuesday uh all individual practices, uh, no team practices. Just in an attempt to like keep everybody yeah, to keep, distanced and not have anything yeah, else as, happen. As yeah. far as operating under the rules and under the realities of Omicron, it seems, and you know, I we don't have, thank God, we don't have like trackers on all of these players walking, Gosh. you know, watching every moment of <laughs> yes. theirs, but it seemed the Raptors were being, you know, 
as reasonably responsible and cautious mm-hmm. as possible while still trying to do their jobs. Uh, didn't matter. Van Vliet and Flynn Tuesday uh, go into protocols. Uh, in the afternoon, before the Raptors' uh, flight to Chicago was scheduled to take off, uh, Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua, who I mentioned previously had not been around the team uh, <laughs> because of the Giants of Africa right. close contact, enter protocol. So the, Na- the Raptors are now without seven regularly rostered players because of protocol, and David Johnson and Goran Dragic also not with the team uh, because of injuries. Justin Champagne uh, had a non-COVID illness that was going to prevent him from playing against the Bulls. And, of course, Ken Birch's swollen knee had him questionable for the Bulls game. Uh, So they were down to five players when they were on the tarmac at Pearson. uh, I assume at Pearson. Um... And that's, they never should have been on the tarmac. Yes, and they we, never should have been in that plane. We had but. we had ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting, bringing <laughs> us memories of like free agency. CP twenty four uh, had yeah, filming Kawhi's. Uh, yeah, the Raptors are are set to <laughs> depart. They are taxiing. Um, <laughs> and so as I went back, as I go back to my rule of three, it's you have to assume that there are going to be more cases in this mm-hmm. case. And mm-hmm. and the Raptors at that point had, you know, reportedly agreed to terms or, or basically agreed to terms with five replacement players. And things would have <clears throat> to go perfectly for them to have the minimum eight players available. Uh, so anyway, against what I think we can say is reasonable judgment. The league had that. This is where I will get critical of the the, mm-hmm. the league. The league had that plane take off and go to Chicago, where, of course, OG Ananobi, uh, as we learned in an ESPN, from ESPN, mm-hmm. uh, entered protocols on Wednesday. Uh, they, the Raptors ruled out Ken Birch, at which point the game was mercifully postponed. Holy crap, Holly! Uh, and I think also in there the uh, there some of the those players that they were going to sign. Um, yeah, I think they were that, saying there was a concern. There was a concern that maybe they wouldn't make it, or that they also wouldn't yeah, pass. So what we can say health and safety is that as yeah. of just before we started recording this, the Raptors made the sign the ten day signings of Tremont Waters, Jawan Morgan, and uh, the former Buck. What's his name? DJ Wilson. So DJ Wilson. Uh, I, I, believe- I know I saw this, but like I didn't take it into my brain. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like uh, I mean, that's been a lot of things the past uh, two DJ years. Wil- DJ Wilson, yes. DJ, I rem- yeah. I remember he DJ killed, Wilson. He, he killed the Raptors in a game. Uh, yeah, in yeah, one yeah, of, yeah. In one of Serge's famous like two for fifteen games against the Bucks. DJ Wilson was hitting everything, um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so those signings are made official. There were reports as well that the Raptors would side Brandon Goodwin and uh, Nick Stauskas, our, our old friend. They have not made those mm-hmm. signings officials. You can draw your own conclusions. I do not want to do that. Uh, but 
I'm trying to remember who it was that just said there was a concern that those players may Mark, not. It was Mark Stein who reported. Mark Stein, who um, said they may not make it to Chicago or they may not they pass. Would, they would whatever. have to anyway. enter protocols immediately. And he didn't talk about those two players specifically. Right. Uh, but there was concern that a few of them would have to do so. Uh, just just what you said. Everything would have to go perfectly on this very short timeline. And it didn't, shockingly, yeah, um, didn't go perfectly. So I think... <laughs> Yeah, let's start. It makes th- me let's, mad let's, when let's I think about there. that flight happening. Like, it actually makes me upset because it just doesn't make sense. And I understand. I absolutely understand what you're saying, that it is everybody is in a really tough spot with this. It's tricky. It's confusing. It's changing so fast. Um, the league is trying to manage all of these teams and these arenas and the schedules, and they're trying to make things happen as much as possible while keeping things safe. I understand that. And I definitely feel for the people trying to sort that out. But at some point you do have to just use your brain. Like you just have to use common sense. And if a team has that many players who are out, like, and, and they're having to bring in players that haven't even been cleared yet to be with them, um, why are you putting them on a plane? Also, and I know that this is kind of a specific wrinkle with the Raptors. Why are you? Why are you making them cross the border where potentially? I mean, luckily OG was able to return. We learned today from um, a piece that. Woj and Baxter Holmes had written he was able to take a private plane back but it's kind of like that Warriors game it it wouldn't it didn't shock me that they elected to rest so many guys and keep them home because there is always the risk of getting sick across the border and not knowing if you're going to get back you know like I just I don't understand why they were on that plane when you're when the team is closing its practice facility to limit contact <laughs> being together on a plane taxiing at the tarmac it just doesn't make sense yeah and i think it's safe to say you can read between the lines of like the reporting that was going on like in terms of them being like even the fact that Woj tweeted that doesn't get mentioned unless it is like like, an extreme out of the ordinary situation and, and, and if like the raptors themselves are have a little bit of what the hell is going on right now situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like like they you know we've learned how few people were on that plane relative to uh a normal flight for a game uh so you you could see the concern uh that the raptors had about the situation themselves and i get it like you you the league is trying to keep some level of like, again, they're trying to make a one-size-fits-all rule for a situation that demands you not do that. And they and it's changing and, every day yeah, and, and situation to situation, but common sense. Yeah, and they're doing that because they want some level of fairness. They want some, like, in this situation we play, in this situation we don't. Uh, but the nature of this virus is that it makes no sense to have a one-size-fits-all rule Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And and at least until, and I think, I almost think it's inevitable at this point, rightly or wrongly, that they're going to change the rules in regards to returning to play after testing positive. Uh, Right now, you need two consecutive negative tests Mm -hmm. or 10 days to pass, and obviously you'd still need a negative test or else uh, you wouldn't 
come yeah. back. But uh, uh, presumably that means nine days and one negative test on the 10th day would would suffice. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I think you're looking at a, at a point where you, a, as soon as you pass a negative test, like, uh, you know, we've sort of seen the yep. the 10 days not happening a while and i think the the league is likely reading between what adam silver said whatever day that was tuesday uh, we're we're heading a place to a place where where <laughs> the the rules are lightened the restrictions are lightened and it feels kind of icky to say but the nfl has already gone there full bore uh, well, that's great. We should definitely we should definitely look hey, to the NFL I'm, as yeah, no, our moral leader uh, for <laughs> for sure. Um, and this is what really bothered me. Uh, and I'm just gonna let's r- get into I, it, I'm, Eric. I'm, I'm gonna rant. A li- I saw you lean back. I know we're yeah, getting into I'm it. I'm gonna now. rant a little bit here, and I promise, like I I do want to talk about the year as a whole. Uh, and it's so defined by COVID that, well, like, it's probably most, it's, it seems inappropriate to do. What was your favorite game? What was your favorite moment of the year? Uh, but, but it's like you know a natural time to take stock of things. But before we completely get off topic, what really bothered me about what Adam Silver said on Tuesday, and I put this in my column uh, just before uh, on Tuesday night before the game was postponed on Wednesday, in which I basically said if the game happened, it would be a farce. And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to say thankfully it didn't happen because the degree to which the the place we needed to get for it to not happen is so ridiculous. And also um, it only didn't happen because another, another Raptor. Exactly. That's what like I'm, it's yeah. not it's not a win. You know, it was it didn't happen because you know, yeah, common, cooler heads common, prevailed. Common sense did not prevail. Literally, they could not get to the bottom line rule that the league is trying to make a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'm off track. Thanks for interrupting me, Holly. Uh, the I'm thing sorry. that the thing that really bothered me was one of the last things that Adam Silver said um, that in when they shut down. When Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. and later Donovan Mitchell tested positive, uh, it was them beyond protecting their players, beyond protecting the league, beyond doing what was right. It was them showing the world, the world, uh, to a degree, and having a societal responsibility to show how seriously to take this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he later said. Uh, and he compared it to now, and it's like we now have a responsibility to show how we pay heed to the virus now, but learn to live with it. And comparing the two situations really bothered me uh, because there is such a huge amount that we do not know about Omicron, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even doctors would concede that we do not know about Omicron, uh, that saying there was the same sort of moral responsibility on returning Mm -hmm. and and continuing to play as there was about stopping play seems wildly self-important and and self-aggrandizing, not for Silver specifically, but for the league's responsibility as a whole. And that really rubbed me the wrong way. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much to add. I, uh, I do. I mean, I know that we have a lot of people at, in various capacities of healthcare talking about how at some point we will have to learn how to live with this. And I don't think that that statement in itself is wrong. However, the timeline is wrong. We're not at the point where we can just pretend that it is not an issue. You know, we, people do not have booster shots. The large majority of people do not have their booster shots. Um, more information is coming out week by week about severity and hospitalizations and things like that. So while it is true that I think we're in a position where we probably will at some point have to learn how to deal with and manage this, we're not there yet to the point where we can just pretend it's not an issue and it's not a huge concern. And I know that the league's responsibility is to its players, of course, but it's not just about the players. It's about the people that these players are interacting with, like having a decision to continue traveling to a different city, things like that. Uh, my mind doesn't go, I mean, my mind of course goes to the players, but beyond that, it goes to the flight attendants or the people that they're dealing with at the hotel, like all of these support staff who are showing up to their job every day, trying to be as safe as possible. But we all owe it to each other and to society to try to limit our risks and to limit our contacts and to limit the amount of opportunity we give a virus to spread to protect people who may not be able to be as protected as we are. And I feel like that gets lost in that statement. I'm sure that's not what he meant, but that is the part that I think about and that upsets me. Yeah. Uh, Dan Diamond, uh, the great Washington Post reporter, uh, had sort of a a list of five things he is uh, he's been covering the the pandemic and he had a list of five things that he's telling his family around holiday time uh uh and i mean they're just pretty basic bullet points and one of them is was like upgrade your masks and mitigate Mm -hmm. mitigate your risk because the next month is going to be extremely important from a hospitalization like a public health health standpoint and and we've all heard the numbers uh about how hospitalization might uh be down uh from omicron and particularly uh among people who are boosted that appears to be true i I think is hopefully that the first thing we can say but for people who aren't boosted and certainly people who aren't vaccinated at all, uh, there is no indication that that is uh, true on a widespread uh, basis. And the infection rate is so much higher than previous variants uh, that there are still a huge, huge percentage or not percentage but raw number of people at risk of serious illness here. Uh, And so when he's talking about mitigating your risk over the next month, that to me is the type of thing that is like, if five of your players are Mm -hmm. already in protocols, maybe don't cross a border on a plane to play another team that has also had an outbreak and you know thankfully they seem to almost be on the other side of it the bulls um 
and hopefully everybody is as well as possible with the Bulls and, and with the Raptors and with everybody in the league. But it just seemed like the, this was the thing with the original Nets game that really bothered me about them playing it. You postpone one game from a, mm-hmm. from a strictly like money-making and schedule-keeping perspective, postpone one game to avoid having to postpone three games later. And like before like even before you get into morals that seemed like basic math to me and and also like when you mentioned the number of players that are out um we hear about the players we don't know if there are other members of the organization or the support staff things like that like i know i know when the kings had their outbreak they also mentioned that there was an outbreak within the organ, within the staff. Like, you know, there were other people besides players. So we don't even know the exact number with these things because it's only the players that, you know, we're seeing on the injury reports each day. It's just the risk is there. Like it just, it, it, it was not worth it to have those players on that plane. And then even just from a, from a logic standpoint, taking away taking away everything else. It doesn't make sense to fly to Chicago for a game that is most likely going to be canceled, was canceled, and then have to scramble back. It just doesn't make sense. And I know for a fact, as of Tuesday night, it was not being considered to be postponed. Uh, Like, I I don't want to say there was no consideration, but it was not, like, high on the list of things at the league. And to be fair, the league is dealing with quite a bit right now, but it, it was not like, it wasn't being seriously considered. I, mm-hmm. I think I feel safe mm-hmm. in reporting. Uh, and that is just beyond dumb to me. I, so I, I, Eric, I don't know how else to say it. Like it, it was a silly, silly decision. Since I have you like really into it right now, um, slightly off topic, but sort of related. How do you feel about the Nets allowing Kyrie Irving to come back to play? Um, Road games, only road games in certain cities where he's allowed to be in the arena. I mean, it's it's a farce. Um, I just wanted you to say that again because I saw your tweet calling it shameful. And I, yeah. Yeah, like... I don't uh, I don't know to which degree it was a moral decision beforehand mm-hmm. but like what they said at the time um mm-hmm. was they didn't want a part-time player and if he's going to be a part-time player or if he the only way he could play um mm-hmm. was because or or the only reason he had to be a part-time player was because of the pandemic and his, mm-hmm. uh, whether he's vaccinated or not, uh, all indications would lead to him not being, but I, I don't think we know that for a fact. But uh, whether or not he was, he was making a stance about this, mm-hmm. about this thing. So that's the reason he would have to be a part-time player. And then the thing that leads them to bringing him back is yeah. the thing that he is helping to campaign against like he is he does not think people should be forced to be vaccinated and i don't want to say like i people geez i wish i hadn't tweeted this but like people were no i'm nervous no no and and like i I basically said that unvaccinated people had caused this outbreak 
which, okay. which I okay. meant more in the macro sense of like that went over like, really well on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I, I meant sure. like because it's been around in so many more people. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about Omicron. I'm talking about the the, the virus. virus as a whole. That has allowed it to mutate. the the number mm-hmm. the the raw number of people who won't get vaccinated or haven't been in some cases have not been able to get vaccinated. And I don't want to have a whole conversation about patents because like because it, that is a whole other uh, yeah. disappointing conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a great Christmas holiday festival yeah. episode we have here. Anyway, for them to say this, the circumstances have changed and now we can really use a part-time player. And for this guy who was only going to be able to play a maximum of mm-hmm. two of the next 17 games anyway. Like, why does your... Is that it? Two of the next 17 uh, that, that's games? That's what I heard. I have not checked that, but... Okay, like, wow. It is... Why is your perspective on having a part-time player changing all of a sudden that's the thing is even if you take away everything else yes yeah you strip everything else away and you said you don't want someone who's in and out and a part-time player and that's exactly what you're going to get and the optics are just mind-boggling to me um okay so i let's talk i I promise we will talk about the raptors going forward i just want to wrap up this this conversation and we're at we're past a half hour now so i'm sorry but this is the news of the week and it it's the news of really the two we're coming past two years two years so it feels Mm -hmm. uh, admittedly i've had a tough time talking about anything else this week um the raptors currently that we know of uh have eight players in protocol they have signed officially three replacement players uh it's possible that some of those eight players in protocol will be able to play mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. Cleveland on sa- Sunday, which is Boxing Day. That's the Raptors' next schedule day. We'll uh, game. We'll see. The Cavaliers are also in uh, a serious situation with protocols. Uh, I'm not sure when their next scheduled game is. Uh, on the list, I'm looking uh, in front of, in the list I see in front of me. They've had one game against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, postponed already that was on December 19th so that would be Sunday um so we'll see if that happens uh we their next game is against the Raptors okay so that's the next game for both teams so I think both teams have some figuring out to do before we get to that one and of course we have the holiday break where several players make plans to go elsewhere I'm not sure Mm -hmm. to which degree that is happening this year uh after that the Raptors play Philadelphia in Toronto on Tuesday. Uh, as of the current rules, you the Raptors would be allowed to have 9,900 fans in the building. I would not bet on that being the case. But again, that's where things stand now. It's really irresponsible to go beyond that. I don't want to go beyond that. Everybody stay safe. Take precautions. Mm-hmm. I, I would just say take one extra precaution than you might otherwise. Like every individual decision, it doesn't feel like it matters. Uh, I, I had I saw like a tweet uh, about a person canceling a Christmas a holiday get together he was going to mm-hmm. have, and they saw and then like the day after somebody tested positive, and you know who and, and he wasn't saying it to say look at what a good person I am, but like individual decisions can still really matter. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Get well, everybody. 
the Raptors, Holly. Um, they're fourteen. <laughs> yeah. They're fourteen and fifteen after beating the Warriors. Uh, we're at yeah, a, we're, it really feels like that doesn't matter right now. Huh? It, it, does, it doesn't. But <laughs> it's I, I, hard. I do, like, I it's do hard want to talk to... about basketball uh, because, of course, that's what we're here for, and that's what we love. That's that's why. That's part of why some of this is so frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. At a, at a reasonable let's-take-a-breath point of the season, because between <laughs> the Raptors will have at least eight days in between games now. Um, what is your takeaway? Will on, Kem's knee allow him to play? Uh, I don't even want to talk about that. What is your general takeaway on, on what this season has looked like so far? I know that's we've sort of yeah, talked no, about that the whole time, but I think yeah. it's a reasonable place to sort of take stock of where things are. Yeah, well, the season has been a mess for obvious reasons, but uh, taking all of that, putting all of that aside, obviously it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but there have been some really fun moments and, and, um, I'm trying to highlight those right now because it is important to not lose sight of the fun things that have happened. Um, Scotty has just been. Look, you're smiling as I say it because that's what happens when you mention Scotty and Barnes. I, I'm smiling actually for a different reason, but go on. Oh, what are you? Why are you smiling? Uh, 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 it's not even a happy reason. Like I, I feel like Raptors fans were, were like ready for that Raptors Bulls game to just happen. Not all Raptors fans, but some Raptors fans. And then Scotty Barnes entered protocol. It was like, nope, we're uh, not doing this. Screw this. I was ready. <laughs> I was ready for point Scotty, but but now yeah. like, look, there's nothing here. Uh, let let's go into holidays, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Um. It has been really cool to see how much the fan base has just fallen in love with Scotty. And it makes sense. He is extremely lovable and such a great, has been such a great, um, surprise from the jump in, in every way possible. You know, even the things that people said, like, would take time to develop with him. He's showing he's already there. His potential is amazing. And I think that that is, has been the most fun part of the season for me. I also have loved seeing Fred really step into a bigger role. Um, he's just been awesome. Like Fred, Fred, I think is the type of player that would be incredible in any role because he just finds ways. He's, it's the Kyle Lowry blueprint, you know, being smarter than everybody, wanting it more than everybody, seeing what's going to happen, willing it to happen. And yeah, Fred's just been great. And, and I, I'm thankful every game that he is a Toronto Raptor and I get to watch him up close and root for him because he's great. Yeah, it's funny, like, because Scotty Barnes has been so good, like, you naturally start to think, or I naturally start to think, and I think a lot of Raptors fans start to think, like, about what a team built around Mm -hmm. his timeline Looks like not that I'm ready to say he will be a super like a, a, a like a top ten superstar as we've discussed in previous episodes. I think that's certainly on the table, but like I think I'm ready. Uh, okay, but but anyway, you, uh, my my bigger <laughs> point is like you start to think about what that sort of team looks like, and it's weird. Like right. even though that Scotty is twenty and Fred is, I believe twenty seven turning or twenty six turning twenty seven or twenty seven turning twenty eight, like. I, I don't think, like, one precludes the other. I don't think because this is, like, Scotty Barnes' team, or it will mm-hmm. be, that, like, n- naturally 
you must trade Fred Van Vliet because he is not on the same timeline. And, and may- yeah, that's silly. And, and maybe that goes back to like watching how long Kyle Lowry contributed for mm-hmm. in different ways and knowing that like, you know, point guards who don't rely on super athleticism uh, mm-hmm. and, and like get by uh, on their physicality and get by on their smarts and get by on their jump shot can really find a way to contribute into their, you know, early 30s and and mid 30s. And as we're seeing damn near with Lowry into their late 30s, (laughs) um, that one doesn't, you know, a team built or eventually built around Barnes, if that happens, doesn't necessarily preclude a team that prominently features Fred Van Vliet. And that's cool. Uh, That's that's cool. Uh, I do want to talk about the Golden State game, if only for this. Um, did you want to see Fred Van Vliet go back into the game to try to get those three last uh, rebounds for a triple-double? No, I did not. I mean, I would have loved for him to get it, but only because I think that Fred is cooler than that, you know? <laughs> like, he's he's already like, I've won everything. Like, I, I'm good. I'm good. Uh and then Kyle Lowry later said that he didn't get a triple-double. In a, I don't even know what his stat line was in the game he was talking about, but he didn't go for a triple-double because Fred had not gotten a triple-double in, in the game uh, before. Uh, and, he, and then and Fred he, and, posted and that said, clip. Yeah, sorry, go on. And then Fred posted that clip to his own Instagram story, which was just like a little, you know, I love them. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's cool to see. Uh, for sure. And, and Scotty Barnes had his own low-key triple-double flirtation in that game. 26-8-6. and six. Uh, Man, was he good in that game. He he was just dominant. Um, and, yeah, and of course, he's great. <laughs> you know, we don't need to tell you that the Golden State roster was, was lacking um, in that game, but that didn't make what uh, Fred and Scotty Barnes did less memorable. Uh, Mm -hmm. so beyond Scotty and Fred, what are, I guess, what are your biggest questions heading into 2022? Yeah. I mean, I hate to like bring this up again, but I think in the beginning of the season in the games, when Ken Birch was out, we really noticed his absence and we really were like, wow, he makes a really big difference. And now he's been out for so long that it would be really, it would be really nice to know, like if he's able to come back and and and, and back. have a long stretch yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's definitely something that i'm thinking about and also looking at chris boucher he had a really really rough start to the season he had a pretty good stretch the last like i don't even know how long because we've had gaps in between but like the last maybe two weeks yeah. of play the last six games basically, i don't know basically how many when he, he be, you know it's when achua went out and he became a star yeah. he became a starter by default and uh Role certainty and role simplification became uh, yeah became more. I'd like to see. I would like to see if that stability continues and if he's able to kind of keep getting the amount of minutes that he's been getting. Like if he's able to earn those and keep those. Um, And oh my god, how did I not mention Utah? Talking about like great parts of this team, uh, it's been so much fun to watch him in his like since he returned Um, and. 
obviously very different player than Fred, but kind of that same thing where it's just, he's really smart. Like he just kind of knows what needs to happen. And I always like when the ball comes to him, I just trust him to make the right decision. And I like that. I'm curious to see what, how the second half of the season will go. I know last year he had dealt with injuries that kind of kept him from getting in like a real rhythm um, and getting a real shot with being in the rotation um, long-term. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what can happen with Utah in the second half of the season. Yeah. What about you? While, while acknowledging that, like, it's certainly not, it, it's not for sure. I, I would say beyond sort of the, the obvious six players in the rotation, uh, and that's probably Precious, Birch, Fred. I should say seven. Uh, Precious, Birch, Fred, uh, Gary Trent, and the three long guys. <laughs> the, th- the three good long <laughs> guys. Uh, Barnes, OG, and Siakam. I think Yuta Watanabe is probably next on the list of just guys mm-hmm. I assume would be in the rotation. Um, mm-hmm. like after those three. And he might even be right there with Precious in terms of, of that. Uh, the thing I'm most interested in are, speaking of the three long guys, I need to see them play together more. They've played mm-hmm. four games, all of four games together. Uh, I, I think two of which Pascal Siakam was on a pretty significant uh, minutes restriction for. Uh, and like this team is... This team, like this year's team, is built around <laughs> them. It's built around yes. the idea that those three can play together, particularly on the defensive end, and suffocate teams in that sense. Um, and the style they're playing, and they want to play defensively, is predicated on mm-hmm. not only their ability to pressure the ball, but like when they do get put into rotations, which will happen because an aggressive defense leads to that, like those are three, you know, maybe we haven't seen enough of Scotty Barnes to say that, um, but like Pascal Siakam is one of the best players at closing out in the league, uh, or most effective players at closing out and, and being in a zone. And OG Ananobi is one of the most effective just one-on-one defenders mm-hmm. against wings. And I think what we've seen from Scotty Barnes is like his ability to defend against size in particular. Like I think it's ahead of where it is um, versus uh, perimeter defense. And like putting mm-hmm. all three of those guys, not that you can keep them on their in those specific roles because like part of their you know, appeal is their ability to toggle between those three positions uh, or those three sort of vague roles. But but putting them on the floor together really unlocks how good this team can be defensively. And likewise, it lets us know what the fit is offensively and if they can properly juggle, uh, you know, reps and and Mm -hmm. possessions and opportunities and where Scotty Barnes fits in as a rookie within within that, with Pascal being the most experienced guy uh, in terms of just having the ball and making plays. And OG Ananobi certainly in the first part of the season when Siakam was out, like stepping into that role in a larger sense. And and when Siakam returned, Ananobi, I know it's been so long since OG Ananobi played. uh, (laughs) He just came back. But, uh, you know, before that, he he had been out for a month. Um, But Ananobi's usage percentage didn't like go down dramatically once Siakam came back in those four games. So that was 
interesting to see. And I, uh, we just have no idea what the breakdown will look like. And, and mm-hmm. that is my biggest, other than just like Scotty exclamation mark, that is my biggest qu- <laughs> you know, question, Listen. question mark. Listen, I love that I didn't, number one, I didn't know this question was coming. And number two, my brain is just so like tired and unable to do anything right right now that you asked me and I just was like exclamation point this player's good this is exciting and then you had this like wonderful expanded well thought out answer so maybe that's why we should discuss what we're going to talk about on the podcast beforehand (laughs) 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 that's neither here nor there uh so I think that's where we're at with the Raptors uh I I Anything else you want to touch on, Holly? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I feel like, and I'm, I don't want to feel like I'm making excuses for the team because um, there certainly have been low moments and bad games <laughs> where things haven't looked good. But you look at the record and obviously it's not what you would want it to be or hope it would be. But this has been a freaking weird first half of the season, you know, not just for the yeah, Raptors. Not, they're, the they're, they're, not, they're not alone, but uh, certainly, but it's just certainly weird. they're, it's, they're it's, among the league leaders, I think we can say, in overall weirdness. In overall weirdness and injuries and everything else. Yeah. And it's just strange. And I know... I don't know. That's it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the second half of the season is going to bring, but I am excited to see healthy Raptors return to the court and get to play the game that they love and the game that we love watching. And I just want everyone to get healthy and return and be good again. Um, Yeah. Like to your point, not making excuses or whatever. They're 14 and 15 and they have a positive net rating and like they haven't had the most difficult schedule in the world, but like that's not a horrible place to be given Mm -hmm. everything they've had to deal with. Um, I mean, I know people worry about it leaving them in the middle or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, it's not supposed to be the world's greatest draft and at I don't think this is a team that, you know, like really how many teams are are bottoming, absolutely bottoming mm-hmm. out? There's not many. There's four or five. That list will grow as the season goes on, presumably. But beyond your Oklahoma Cities, your Detroits, your uh, Houstons, your Orlandos, that, that's really it. Like, you know, Sacramento might get there, but Lord knows they're trying to win. Um, and uh, uh, <laughs> the Pelicans are probably heading there. They're 11 and 21. Uh, so that's like really only, but, but they've been actually pretty decent over the last 15 or 20 games. So really that's five teams out of 30 that we can bank on sort of finishing there. Maybe only four teams out of 30. And we'll see where things go. But uh, did you know the Pistons' record, um, or do you know? I, the I know it record? now. Um, okay, I I did not know it the other day. I mean, I knew it was not great, obviously. <laughs> not great, but well. <laughs> <laughs> when I checked the standings, the day that I checked, I don't know how many days. You know, I don't know when it was now. It was recently. They only had four wins, and I was shocked. They have five now. Like I some. 
They have five now. Yeah. So it was definitely, I don't know how many, like I said, I don't know how many days ago I checked. I was stunned. Like, I don't know how I missed this. And they don't, you know, I feel like I usually like keep track of what's happening. I somehow, like, I knew that they were at the bottom of the East and I knew that they weren't, they didn't have a good record, but I was floored at that. I didn't know it. You know, they can, on on any given night, they can hang 127 points on you, Holly. Listen, I do have to say one thing, and I hate to to go back. By the way, the the Pistons do not have the worst net rating in the league. That belongs to Jeff Weltman's Orlando Magic. I do have to say this, and I hate to go back to, like, doom and gloom. It's not doom and gloom. It's just something that I thought about, and it's a very selfish concern, but I am just going to say it. Number one, um, we're going to have, hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, Serge Ibaka will make his return to Toronto on New Year's Year's Eve with the Clippers. That's great. We love Serge. Uh, Danny Green just announced that he's electing not to get his 2019 championship ring the next time the Sixers are here, which ended up being a good thing to announce because... He now is in protocol, so I don't think he will be here. But the thing that keeps coming up to my mind is how much is it going to suck if Kyle Lowry's return to Toronto is going to be in front of an empty arena? Because that could happen. Yep. Um, and that sucks. That, I just and like I know a, that's like such a selfish thing to think about because obviously there's so much more important than basketball, and I'm not trying to like lose sight of that but I just feel so bad because we didn't like fans didn't get to say goodbye to Kyle they didn't get to give him that like send-off game at the end of the season and he's talked a lot about how like emotional the return will be and like man it just sucks like that for some reason that's the thing that really put it into perspective to me like we got the vaccines I was feeling really hopeful just like when the season started and I thought about Kyle's return in no world did I think that like we would be at a point where it could potentially happen at an empty arena or 50% capacity arena. And like, that's the thing that made me be like, damn, we are still in this mess. Yeah. That, Not to be negative. That's like the related thought to my, um, my on my thought last year, which took plot, which like right when the Raptors announced, uh, they were going to be in Tampa, uh, which was he, like, yeah. is Kyle Lowry's last Raptors season really going to take place in Tampa? <laughs> like a, it's weird the things that like it, that like the things that like make it click for you you know like for some reason there's a million other reasons why um everything is devastating and like disappointing and depressing but that's the thing that stood out to me and i was like man that would just suck so much uh yeah it would let's hope uh, and to put a bow on all of this that's why our individual choices matter and uh let's hope that we all do mm-hmm. our part and we can make sure that if if not on February 3rd, I think the game is, if not then, uh, soon after we get Kyle Lowry in front of a sold-out Scotiabank Arena and that we don't have to worry that this is the wrong thing to be doing. That that's a good mm-hmm. that's a good 2022 wish. That's a great that's a great finish, yeah. Yeah, please just be safe and and stay safe and yeah. Yeah, so we may or may not come to you guys with another podcast <laughs> episode before the year is out. It sort of depends on what happens with the Raptors. <laughs> if they don't play again until New Year's Eve, uh, which 
certainly seems no they play on no i know when they're supposed to play i am just saying oh, i'm just oh, saying oh, if they okay, okay. if they, yeah, if they no, don't fair, end up playing fair. uh we might not talk to you until two, 2022 right. if they do i think we'll try to get one in um everybody have a happy holidays uh i hope you can celebrate it happily i hope you can celebrate it safely um, and be nice to everybody that you're that you're dealing with these days. Like the people, if you're at the store and you're trying to get last minute things done and just you're on public transit, I don't know. It just feels like everything's super busy right now. And just be nice because the stuff is stressful for everyone. Uh, and to quote uh, Adam Duritz, uh, my favorite podcast of oh, the wow. year was, ba- by the way, was uh, 60 Songs That Explained the 90s. Uh on the ringer uh hosted by rob harvilla uh they basically run through a song each uh each episode and he does like sort of a an essay on it and then does an interview with a guest on that interview uh it's been a long december holly <laughs> oh wow and there's re- yeah and there's reason to believe maybe this year or next year will be better than the last uh holly thanks for joining me uh Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your lovely mother. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and happy holidays to you as well. Thanks uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Stay safe out there. See ya! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.